another week, another podcast. You already know the deal. It is the little trio we got going again this weekend. Jack, myself, and Kyle Schultz back in the lab. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Fellas, we're getting a new little routine now. We're getting a little bit of a ritual. Us three. I don't, maybe it's a threesome now? I don't know. All three-headed monster. Yeah, I like the trio. A little trio's not bad. It's less lonely, I think. Even though I got Jack virtually, <laughs> I got someone next to me now. Maybe maybe Kyle will stay for the whole thing. We'll see. You never um, know with me. Sometimes I got to edit. Sometimes I got some Insta posts to get up. Today, you, you caught that. me in a good time. Yeah, what about NLCS? What's the status? Uh, Haven't even begun editing. Not have begun, yeah, I got to okay. get to it after this pod Better show. start grinding. Yep. Obviously, we were gone all weekend. We'll get into that in a little bit here. But yep. um, Jack, how about yourself? How you doing? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Just trucking along here, getting through, uh, getting through the school year, the fall semester, and just keeping the engine um, running. Just practicing. Yeah. Just uh, like I said, can't complain. Uh, how's the uh, weather been out in Rhode Island this week or weekend? I should say last like 48 yeah, it's hours. Because it's, I think we've been um, we've been blessed with some pretty stellar weather considering the time of year and i think it's catching up to us now because the the forecast for the week um pretty much just has rain mm-hmm. uh all week so i think it uh kind of caught up to us and we are now paying the price and will pay the price this yeah, week but. yeah i think the majority of our listeners fall in the united states and i'm sure most of us across the midwest and even the east coast have just been wet the last like 48 hours when we drove home yesterday it was rain all day here in michigan today it literally rained all day and i was already in a bad mood woke up didn't get a lot of sleep last night and i just sat there and worked all day and it was just pouring down rain it was miserable i love this weather it's the perfect weather to sleep in. oh yeah okay take a nap yep i didn't get any sleep i mean it makes sense why you like it kyle with that fair of skin, like I didn't even see the sun. <laughs> I know. So, like, I'm not complaining either. But I'm taking. No, I'm taking. I'm taking this over tan. like 85 plus all day and sunny. I'm not getting oh. burnt in this weather. I'm oh, loving it. No, can't even go not. outside. It was pouring rain. But yeah, there was like it was just like it wasn't like there was like a partly cloudy sky and then rain showers and then like a 30 minute break and then a rain shower. It was literally gray as far as the eye, as far as the eye could see, and just pouring rain all day, all night. When I, I walked home from Kyle's house last night, like 1130, got soaked, and it rained all night, and then it rained all day. And I think it paused around like 7 p.m., maybe 6.45 p.m. Eastern time here in Michigan. So it was a good 36-plus hours straight of rain. Uh, I guess better than snow. Like Jack said, it, it could be worse this time of year. It is late October now, almost November. So I guess beggars can't be choosy. Here in Michigan, we are known for complaining about the weather 24-7. So... Um, yeah, it's just how it goes here. But fingers crossed, as you, many of you guys know, if you follow the college football scene, probably the undisputed biggest game on the slate this weekend is um, right here in Michigan, Michigan versus Michigan State in my stomping grounds of East Lansing. So I think there's even a little rain in the forecast there. So fingers crossed that we stay dry. And I hope that to everybody who's planning on doing a little football tailgating this weekend. But um, should be a good time. Should be a good time. But okay, enough chit-chat. <sighs> Fellas, we're looking here. I got on my screen here, I got the captain of the Metro Magic. To my right here, I got Kyle, the captain of the Western Wildcats. And they faced off in the ALCS for the first time ever. The Magic made the ALCS and faced a veteran team in the Western Wildcats. Two different sides of the spectrum there. We have a Wildcats team who's been there before, whether it was a decade ago when it was me and Kyle, 
But even then, now they had, you know, they were there last year with Nick Saylor and Kyle as well. So this is an experienced team in that championship series versus a Magic team who this was their first appearance in franchise history. So a very different story for these two teams this year. Wildcats were very consistent all year long, whereas the Magic kind of hung around and then made a big move there, acquiring Trevor Bonham, squeak into the playoffs, and then take down the Cobras in the ALDS. So let's just get into the energy here of that series on game day. Kyle, you want to start us off? I mean, yeah, going into that series, I was pretty confident in our team. The only way I was a little uncertain is because they had Bonham, and we already mm -hmm. faced Bonham early, earlier in the year with your Mallards, and he performed very well against he us. He did. That was Not even pitching, series. but hitting. Mm -hmm. So whether it was me pitching or Sailor pitching, I was a little, I guess, uncertain. I didn't know what to expect from Bonham because it was the second I mean, these games four and five, he's played against us all year. He knows us well. And he's kind of their X factor going into the series. So mm -hmm. we didn't know what to expect from him. Um, we, th we think we always have a good approach against the Magic. We performed very well against them for whatever reason these past three years with them being in the league. And we executed and we performed very well and we moved on. I was mm -hmm. very happy and very proud of Jackson and uh, Nick Saylor. And Jack, how about on the Magic side? Do you think you guys are feeling the pressure a little bit or not so much? I've asked you that before about your last playoff series. But once again, this is another step deeper into the playoffs. More, um, you know unwalked ground for the magic so um, what was the energy like in your dugout the clubhouse yeah i mean <clears throat> I, w I wouldn't say that we were really like nervous going to that series i feel like we um play well when we sort of are that underdog and like have our backs against the wall and i really just told the guys like before the game you know what an opportunity this was to go up against this wildcats team against obviously one of the goats himself Mm -hmm. if not the GOAT, Kyle Schultz, and uh, just to, you know, go out and play and be loose and have fun. And I don't think it was – obviously the score um, looked pretty one-sided, but I don't think it was as much of us not playing well as it was the Wildcats really just taking their play to an extremely high level. Like, we've, they were very consistent all year long, but – this like their lineup was just a gauntlet trying to pitch to all of them all yeah. three of them so i would say like it wasn't as much of the magic not meeting the mark as it was the wildcats exceeding that and jack i thought you performed really well in that first game i gotta give you credit i threw you a really good drop ball and you got a hold of it you smacked it to left field for a home run and instantly you guys are up one nothing and i'm not gonna lie i'm like oh no here we go, these Magic, they're they're getting hyped. That's like the last thing you want from these kids, especially Agner if he hits a home run. I mean, they feed off him. So I'm like, I mean, I mean, Sailor, he actually set the tone for us in the mm -hmm. bottom of the frame, hitting that solo home run, which he always seems to do. Um, I, I feel like when we're down, Sailor's the guy that really gets us going, and then we kind of feed off him. Mm -hmm. But for the Magic, when Jack hit that bomb, I was like, well, we're, we're really going to have to come to play today. Yeah, yeah, and The other thing, sure. too, that, like, sorry, Tom, the other thing, too, like Kyle said it in the in his post game, just how resilient the Wildcats were, and like this is just yet another example of like the pitches and the full at bats that you don't get to see because even when we were getting people out, like Sailor was drawing like you know nine ten pitch at bats, like yeah. being very very stingy at the plate, like their whole team from top to bottom was given everything that they had every single at bat. And I think, you know, we, we made a couple errors here and there, like on defense, but overall it's like, there's no way you can defend when 
they're just hitting home runs off your best pitcher. And like Kyle said, going into that series, I knew Bonham had done well against them the first time they played. So I was comfortable starting him and it obviously didn't go the way that I expected it to in game one. And that's kind of why I gave Chadwick the nod there in game two. But even in game two, we had two outs before uh, Kyle hit that grand slam. So like, if that's a Mm -hmm. strikeout, you know, who's to say what happens in that game? It's just another prime example of wiffle ball being a, a game of inches and there's only so many outs. So every play just is magnified that much more, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. The margin of error is just so small. I actually like how you said that Jack. Um, I don't think the magic have anything to hang their heads about. And it sounds like you kind of agree. Um, and I kind of put this in my little headline on league lineup.com or well, I should say mlwwiffleball.com our, our, where our stats are kept. And I put the games in and write headlines like the wildcats were just too much for you guys on that day. And I don't think that's anything like, I'm not like dogging the magic necessarily, but I really think that the Wildcats um, had a performance of a lifetime in terms of their their plate appearances that day. And I want to talk about Jackson Pearson real quick. Like this season, he had two big home runs against the Mallards. He had a couple against the Cobras, but he has not had a hit as important as that RBI single mm-hmm. in Game One of the ALCS. I'll take that over all the home runs he's hit previously this year. That was huge. It got us the lead. Mm-hmm. It was two-one going into the second, and then I settled in on the mound, and then we eventually broke it open with a couple home runs, and we won the first game, six to one. But Jackson gave us the lead there, and that was huge for a kid. That's uh, it's his first postseason uh, appearance. Yeah, it's got to be good for him and his confidence too, moving into his first ever World Series now. Exactly. So I, I think you're probably pretty happy with that as a manager. I'm very happy with Excited that. Excited for him. That's got to be pretty cool. Hey, and I, I got him at in the league. I got him at seven in the draft. It's looking mm-hmm. like a nice steal right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but that is cool. I'm sure he's really excited about that opportunity. Uh, I'm sure he's pleased with the way he's performed so so um, so far. So I wish that guy the best of luck in the uh, in the World Series with whomever he plays, whether it's the Gators or the Diamondbacks. I just had a thought, actually. Is there another team in MLW where they're very like draft pick reliant? I guess the Gators, but the past two drafts, I've drafted Pearson and Sailor, and that's like our starting lineup going to this World Series. Mm-hmm. I feel like other teams have, have veterans that they're going with or just um, miscellaneous other players, but I feel like the Wildcats are really embracing this draft, and I think I've done a good job here of identifying two guys the past couple of years to help us perform. Yeah, now, you, now that you say that, I was thinking at first, like, you were 100% right, but I'm, like, thinking about the rosters now, and I feel like a lot of the rosters actually have changed a ton right. in the last two years, but I would say that the Wildcats have been an example of a successful Yeah. A, a successful. I mean, it can go a, a, a variety yeah, of ways. too, obviously, but, like, look at the Magic. I mean, they're a new team. Right. Jack's, like, the only guy on there that's, like, an OG MLW guy. Yep. Mallard, same way. Wildcats, same way outside of Ryan Kelly. Um, Eagles have a few stragglers, but Gators... Just Zerlag, who I wouldn't even call him like an OG guy. Well, I think the Magic have done the best at just accumulating talent from a variety of places. Mm-hmm. They've got Chadwick in the draft. Liam was an unsigned free agent that was just Chadwick's friend. Mm-hmm. Curdy, another guy undrafted, may, who made a big impact play this year, uh, and bought him via the trade. Yep. So they're they're the best at just transactions all across the board. And I think we just we just do our part in the draft. And I think that's kind of cool how you can you can get to an ALCS in a, uh, different ways here. We should get Jack a. Uh, World's best boss mug like Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jack, I'm not going to lie. Jack is probably one of the front runners for manager of the year. And if he was to win that, he would become the first ever two-time winner of that award. There you yeah. go. Look at that. Fun fact. Hey, he's a good leader. You he, never I'm know, though. Lie. He's, not, he's a good leader. Um, yeah, Jack, I wanted to talk to you. Um, you know, we touched on how the Magic have nothing to hang their heads about, and it seems like you agree with that. But 
you know, how do you balance like that feeling, but also like without being complacent? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Because obviously, yeah. I know, I know the goal in your head is winning a championship. So, like, how do you take what you learned from this season and the moves you made and what worked, what didn't work, and what's like going to propel you to now another level? You know what I mean? You've been you've been doing a very good job at though progressing in the right direction. Whereas my mallards, we've de- literally steadily declined. We're like a stock you don't want to buy. Mallards yep. or the magic are going in the right direction. So, like, how do you continue that? What's the next step? It's exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously acquiring Trevor was was what allowed us to um, break through that first round of the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I think looking forward, a lot of it's just going to be refinement and continuing to gel as a team. And also, um, I don't really know how you go about this, but just getting a little bit more of a clutch factor in us. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of our season, and especially in the playoffs, there were moments to be had that could have gone our way but we didn't necessarily get the timely hits. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm seeing like people commenting about how like, oh, like Bonham has regressed from the start of the year. And like Chadwick is not that real, like not a great arm anymore. But like, I think it's key to put in perspective that Chadwick was a very solid starter at I the agree. start of the year. Now might be our number two guy, but I would say we have one of the deepest, deepest bullpens um in the league which i think will which will translate better once we have a full season with both of them so Mm -hmm. instead of you know the goal is hopefully instead of um kind of gritting our teeth there at the end of the season just to fight and make it to the playoffs we have a little bit more of a cushion through the regular season not just automatically losing every game too with our Mm -hmm. second arm kind of like we did for the majority of this year and I just want to add, Jack, I think one thing that really influences is, it, sorry, I think one thing that affects clutch hitting and may improve down the line is just your team appearing in big games. And now that you have appeared in the ALCS, you have that under your belt. Bottom's been in the, in the big games now, same with Chadwick and yourself, Liam and the gang. Um, I think, you know, with that experience going into next year, you guys know what it feels like to be in that big spot. Um, and I think that only helps you going forward. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, I think um, with the introduction of the draft um, last year, you know, not not even two years ago yet, did we have our first draft in this league, and now you know we're we're 16 draft picks in. Um, players and managers are learning, adjusting how that affects the league and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's room for expansion now, and all this kind of stuff. But I think one thing that people have, I'm talking about managers, I'm talking about fans. I think a lot of people are ignoring the fact on kind of what some very very successful teams in this league have been based off of and that's just simply like player development and years of experience in playing this game i think of teams like the eastern eagles who were obviously not a very good squad at all just kind of daniel and his friends as a wiffle ball league should be um develop into a very very solid team that have given many teams fits in this league look at the 2019 pacific predators championship team you know ryan cratch was I think a step ahead of Brendan Russell, Brendan Russell and Alec Warda in terms of you know skill level coming in at, to MLW, but just look at the development over five, six years from these guys. When we look at a team like the Magic now, we clearly see the potential there for um, good bats. You have guys like yourself who you hit very well this postseason. Jason Chadwick has a lot of power. Bonham has shown flashes of very clutch power. So I think just terms of like I said, just playing year in and year out and really putting in those productive reps and those meaningful reps. Um, I think that's kind of being a forgotten art in MLW and everyone's so focused on, can I get this draft pick, make this trade? It's like guys have shown that they can get better over time. 
it's just it's only been two years since this draft began. You know what I mean? Which is a very which is crazy to say, but this league's been around for a long time now. So two years is a very small piece of that pie. And I got I gotta say that, you know, people forget that Jack started from scratch in twenty nineteen. Exactly. He started with Cameron Beaton and Kyle Hook, both guys that aren't in the league anymore. So it's so crazy to think about how Jack has built the squad in a team that's never missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. When teams like, you know, long ter- long time teams like the Mallards are missing, Wildcats missed in nineteen. Um, just go down the list, Cobra's 2020 and and Jack's never missed it. Mm-hmm. It's starting with nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really it's really impressive to see. Crazy. I know. I honestly didn't think of it like that, but our team now just has nothing from what we started with. Nothing. Which, no. is, which is pretty cool to see. No, yeah, like I said, um this is just like me unbiasedly speaking. Like, yeah, if I'm a fan of the Magic, like I'm so pleased with how things are going. Like it's exciting every year. We're getting better each year. This is like when you, you know, you hire a new coach in college football. You right. want to see your team even if you were Two and two and eleven the year before, two and ten the year before. You, you want to see five and seven the next year. You want to see nine and six the next year. You want to see the team going in the right direction, and you're yeah. hopeful for the future. The Magic are facing some tough questions, like how do you get past the Wildcats? Like that's such a big question, but that's the question they want to have them ask. Exactly. Like that's the yeah. exactly where they want to be, considering where they were two years ago. Like, like the fact that we're, their fans are asking that question, mm-hmm. and they're like, "How are we going to get past the Wildcats?" Like even just thinking about that, that's very progressive in the the. You know, perspective of their team's yeah, history. Your fan base is going to expect more now. You know, your floor has been raised, your ceiling has been raised, which right. is an absolute um, compliment to your management style. What's what's the moves that have been made? And uh, I think the future is looking bright for the Magic. Like I said, these players in the league, Chadwick, Bonham, um, Jack's been around for a little bit longer, but Chadwick, Bonham, um, you guys picked up uh, Swanson. These are very new faces to the league still, and they've already shown how good they can be. So give those guys an extra couple years. Give me a talented squad. I mean, like I trust said, the process. don't sleep on the player development That's side That's true. Of trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. So hats off to you, Jack. Um, obviously, fell short this year, but like I said, you don't want to be complacent with that, but it is a sign of a future that's moving in the right direction, at least. I don't think we can ignore that fact. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, when we first started, the question was, how are we going to make the playoffs? And mm-hmm. now I think the question, like to Kyle's point, is more, you know, how are we going to get past the Wildcats? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do we, or, how do we know, win the championship? If the Preds are able to come back and, and be the team in the ALCS, like how do we get past them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah, it's awesome. It's excellent to see. But if we shift our focus now to the Wildcats, I mean, this is a team that had, you guys did miss the 2019 playoffs, which I, sh- I struggle to like comprehend that that actually happened. Just a <laughs> weird year. I kind of view that similarly. <laughs> I blame to- our schedule. I, I view that similarly <laughs> to, although I don't think our which strength, I create for myself. <laughs> well, it it changes every year though slightly, but um, I view that similar to like this year when we we as in the Mallards missed the playoffs. Like it was no question, like yeah, we were the worst team. I mean, come on. But I view that too. I compare and I relate to your your season there in 2019 to my 2020 season where I felt like we were right there with the best teams. Just games didn't fall our way. We ended up in it's literally seven, one game missed the playoffs that yeah. will change your season. Yeah, so you miss the playoffs. Um. I think that wasn't like an awful year for you guys by any means. And then you draft Sailor, you draft Pearson. Two good picks, two drafts that were uh, knocked out of the park, and that uh, seems to be paying off. Seems to be paying off. Uh, we just keep, the, keep it moving here. Eventually, 
people don't think about Pearson, but he always performs as a pitcher in our tournaments. So one, one thing in the future that I'd really love to see in the Wildcats is Pearson evolving as a pitcher, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be pretty pretty valuable. And shout out to Sailor, too. He obviously led the league in uh, ERA in the regular season. And he goes out so and crazy. shuts out the Magic in Game 2 of a playoff game and then sends us to the World Series. Like, it's really impressive. Yeah, was that like a no-brainer for you? Because yes. I, 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 w- I wasn't sure going into that series if you were going to pitch all two or all three games. Yep. But like b- beforehand, were you already like I'm pitching Sailor no matter what, or was it like uh, if we win maybe? So I mean, I was just going with the patterns of the season that's worked out really well. So every time I'd go out and get a win, I'd no doubtedly put Sailor out there and he'd get a win. So mm-hmm. when we went up 1-0 on the Magic, I mean, I guess I could say like Sailor had somewhat of a quick leash. Like I, there was always the possibility of me just coming in for him, but yeah. he was just rolling the whole game. So um, in the event though that they uh, beat Sailor and the series was tied 1-1, I would come in and they haven't seen me in maybe like an hour, hour yep. and a half since game one. Mm-hmm. And I love that that idea a lot more than me just going all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sailor just provides a huge uh, mm-hmm. element of value to the team. Yeah, it was cool to see it work out for you guys. I know the Eagles went the opposite route. They let Daniel go the whole series and he still pitched very, very well. But that was the, that but was the right decision because they were down 0-1. Like, mm-hmm. if I was down 0-1, I don't know if I would have put Sailor in there, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It depends how the game would have went. Like, if they were just killing me, then, yeah, I'd go Sailor. But if it was a really close game and I knew I still had control and movement, then I would have went with myself. Okay. That's interesting to hear. I so just, Yeah. Go ahead, I still Jeff. give Kyle, like, a lot of credit just for putting Nick out there. Like, I think that says a lot about his management because, I mean, you call it like it is. Like, he has been around since the very beginning, one of the very – you know, best pick pitchers in the league for him to give that ball to Sailor in that big spot and not have any doubt in his mind, I think says a lot. And also, hats off to Sailor for for delivering. But um, I I was you know I gave Kyle a lot of credit for that. Yeah, it just shows my confidence in Sailor too. And I think Sailor just seeing that, I think it helped him a lot just mentally. Sailor's just been dialed in on the mound this year, man. He's been an absolute X factor out there. Every team seems to be baffled. Everybody makes fun of me in the comments, too. Just like, oh, why is Tommy so shocked about Sailor every time? Because everyone at the field is thinking the same way I am. Yeah, like, like here we go, about to hit this, off Meatball yeah, Sailor. Yeah, p- pitcher is lobbing it in here, kind of just serving it up on a platter, but no one can seem to make contact. So no matter how many times you watch that happen, <laughs> I'm like almost <laughs> laughing. Like, another strikeout for Sailor? Like, like I cannot sketch. believe it. Yeah, I cannot and believe it. And also it. just so frustrating, too, because like, like like you just said, like we're all thinking that. So when we go mm-hmm. through the first inning and we go through the second inning and like we haven't recorded a hit yet, it's very very frustrating. I'm actually really interested now. I want I want to step in the box against Taylor. I want to see what you guys are seeing because to me in the outfield, uh, yeah, I seem like I, I feel like the other fans where they're just like, how are you guys not hitting this? Mm-hmm. But I need to step in that box. Maybe it's like late movement or something or the arm angle. We've talked about this many times on the podcast, yeah. but I don't think I've ever faced sailors. Maybe when we're just messing around the meadows next year. I'm gonna hop in that box. I'm going to give you guys a detailed report about what I see. Maybe spring training 2022. Maybe winter. If there's yeah. a winter league or something, I'll I'll get Sailor out there. I'll yeah. figure it out. I've seen it. I've spoke about it. I just I still can't seem to wrap my head around it's it. It's a phenomenon, completely. if you will. But I also wanted to share with you, Kyle, I don't know if you've heard this yet from Jimmy, but it was an interesting take I heard from Jimmy over the weekend, and I, I agreed with it. And um, um, I'm not trying to take away from your – from your skill level, your greatness at all, but it was just a, it was a funny way of wording things. And Jimmy was like, "Kyle Schultz is the best spot in the lineup in any team in the history of MLW." 
And he goes, you know what? You know why? Because he's, he's an amazing hitter and Sailor's behind him. So I was like, yeah. even though Kyle is so good and so consistent, you can't really pitch around him because you have Nick Sailor behind him. I know. It's, so it's crazy to think about that. That has to be frustrating for, I'm sure, both Chadwick and Bottom as they're pitching to you guys. I mean, it's a, such a tough lineup, and it seems to get tougher and tougher. Now Pearson's not even an easy out. And I'm curious to see how either the Diamondbacks or the Gators try to try to tackle that two-headed monster of of a lineup. And I'm I'm not even discrediting Pearson. Like I said, he's been so solid too. But obviously, when it comes to he's the, also a minor the consistency and <laughs> the power, like it's just been unreal. The, those two at the top of the order. So I don't. Know, do you do you agree with that or not really? Like, do you think it doesn't really make I, a difference? I think about that a lot. I don't. Nobody's gonna intentionally walk me to get to Sailor. I know that for a fact. Yeah, that's huge. And I mean, Pearson's getting to this point too. You don't want to. Completely just dismiss trying to get Sailor out because Pearson can can uh, get those RBI hits too, like he's, he's proven to do. Yeah. Do you think, like, there's eight teams in this league. Mm-hmm. Do you think any team this year was kind of just dismissed due to pitching or not really? Dismissed due to pitching. Like, but, but like they had no shot at making the playoffs because of their pitching stuff. Absolutely not. I disagree. I agree with you too. Like, I think um, people say, like, oh, Caden was a crappy number two. Like, I was a horrible number Dude, two, obviously. But, like, I picked we, you guys to win the NL. I'm not even kidding. I thought Caden would have. I thought he was going to be like ace, like rookie of the year, everything. And he still can be. Yeah, he he just had be. a trouble adjusting to the styles. But mm-hmm. uh, he's a guy, like we'll talk about this national championship tournament that we were just at this weekend. Caden was there, and he's performing. He's like a starting pitcher. He's hitting home runs mm-hmm. at, this, at this tournament where there's 40 teams, 40 of the best wiffle ball teams from across the nation, and Caden's on one of those teams. Mm-hmm. And you have him on your team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but, it, it's really crazy in this league. Yeah, yeah. The, the worst team on paper, they still have these guys that you don't dismiss. Yeah, and I wasn't even talking bad about Caden, but I'm saying like, I was thinking about my team moving forward. Like, yes, we gave up some runs this year. I couldn't pitch because I was hurt mm-hmm. and couldn't practice. All this garbage. But I think, yeah, the big question now is, like, it seems like everybody has serviceable arms, but it's, like, who can hit the ball? Yeah, who, no. can, who can hit the ball over the fence with guys on base? Who can convert when it's bases loaded, one out? Which is what you, you want. teams that strike out back-to-back, and that just kills you. So often in this league where a pitcher will lose it for a quick second, they'll walk a couple guys, and then you'll see runners get stranded. And that's just so so awful. It's so demoralizing right. as hitters. When good pitchers and meet good hitters, it's all about clutch hitting. Yeah. Timely hitting. The Wildcats do a good job of cleaning the bases, hitting dangers out of the park. So, um, I mean, yeah, at the Meadows, not, not a, it's a home run friendly park. Home runs are, that'll, that'll be your, your, death, your death sentence or it'll be your uh, saving grace, I think. Agreed. Agreed. But I'm, I'm looking forward to um, not only seeing the Wildcats play in the World Series, like I said, seeing someone try to tackle that two-headed monster at the plate and this two-headed monster pitching. I mean, my God, Kyle and Sailor. Just crazy, but um, I'm also looking forward to the NLCS. This is going to be a great series. Jack was touching on how he thought the Gators had a chance at the D-backs. D-backs been the best team all year. Got the probable MVP, Jimmy hey. Norp. What are you thinking, Kyle, hey. about that series? D-backs, Gators, get your popcorn ready. I mean, literally get your popcorn ready. I'm about to go edit this, baby. That, that's how I felt. Like <laughs> that's how I felt driving up to like honestly every postseason series this year. Like get there's no cu- ready. there's no cupcakes anymore, and even some regular season series. Like I'm not saying they're not like. I'm not popcorn ready because, yeah, all of them are good games nowadays. Dude, but it's literally like March Madness. Like, all right, yeah. let's see what happens. It's crazy. It is so crazy because, yeah, I have no idea who's walking away from that field of winner, and it happens so fast. Like, three innings can go by, like, strike out, strike out, strike out, then a clutch dinger, and you're like, oh, my God, the season just took a turn. Like, it's so insane. Yeah. It's so crazy. So I hope you guys can experience that similar feeling when watching the YouTube videos and stuff. But, yeah. Get your popcorn ready, says Mr. Kamish. Not that we're ever going to be a betting league, but I feel like a lot of the lines this year would just be even. You know Dude, what I mean? yeah. D-backs, Gators, yeah, really I mean, hard I, to make those. just a pick them. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I think I would probably guess that the D-backs would be the favorite for this series on paper. What do you think? Oh, definitely D-backs. Definitely but I'm just D-backs. saying regular season, it would have been so hard to pick, dude. Yeah. I would have probably said the Wildcats were favored in the ALCS if we had to make a line or something or, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, whoever, like, a percentage yeah. of who's favored. But in that regular season, 
when teams aren't like I don't know, they're not the the entire year of experience behind them, and you have rookies coming into this league. There's a, a big element of of mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. NLCS on the clock, baby. Get your popcorn ready. Get your most find a comfortable spot on the couch. sit. I mean, you're, seat. You're, you're not gonna be comfortable. You're gonna be you're gonna be leaned forward, like on the edge of your seat, no matter how comfortable you think you're gonna be. Crazy series. Cannot I'm wait calm. for you guys all this Sit down, year. get comfy. I'm pumped too because I have you know I was, happened. I've also found oh, that many people are putting these on their TVs, watching oh, it yeah, in I their know. living rooms. I never, I have, I think that's sick. Best way to do it. Keep doing I, that, guys. I'm like one of my only friends who doesn't like turn on the TV and then throw on YouTube. Like I always use my phone or laptop, but like I have so many friends who only watch YouTube on TV. Like, that's I, really that's great. Yes, I've never done that. My roommate maybe at like school. a couple times. The only times I do that is when we'd have like a sleepover in like seventh grade, and we we're in my basement, and we just put up like funny videos, my compilations. My roommates at school <laughs> always did that, and our living room TV was always YouTube on the TV. Nah. I have friends who always do that. I think it's very popular. I think it's very popular. Yeah, I mean, YouTube when I'm watching is strictly mobile phone in yeah, my bed. Mobile phone or laptop for me. How about you, Jack? Are you a YouTube TV guy? I, I go either way. I watch it on every single device see? I own. I'm telling you, it's just very popular. Where I'm at. And we see like so- what kind of video you watch it in like your public area of your house in the living room um well one right off the top of my head would be mlw wiffle ball really yeah. great videos i mean well jack bro- are like, you the way you are you, like you edit the videos they're literally like broadcasts like yeah, it's like yeah, watching that's true. a sports game that's so like, true it, like if you want to watch a baseball game you're gonna put it on your tv you're not gonna like sit in your bed and watch on your phone are you like a do you go on youtube to watch like things other than mlw though like are you subscribed to like a bunch of creators not really um yeah i am like it's it's kind of like random like i watch like a lot of like cooking stuff and like fishing stuff so like i love watching fishing stuff on the tv just because like i don't know it's pretty cool just like i don't know i just feel like the environment like you watch tv because it's like it's a bigger screen and you can like comfortably sit on the couch have some snacks you know you don't want to be like eating in your bed like a little gremlin you know what i mean like <laughs> is that a shot like, at me <laughs> it's like part of the living room and it's also like you can watch like some stuff on youtube like you just watch personally but like you said back in the day when you and your friends would just throw on like funny compilation videos it's yeah. funny to watch youtube with with yeah. other people respect. as well respect i can recall a day at michigan state this year martin luther king day so we had the day off at school very underrated holiday oh great holiday the, right the, in the middle the, of january the, too the, the energy on campus on martin luther king day was immaculate to be honest january is like my favorite month yeah, it's like usually the day before my birthday too it's always a great time yeah martin luther king day so shout out to you mlk yep. but i Rip. recall getting some sleep you know sleeping in the day off of school long weekend I remember coming downstairs, making breakfast, and I just sat on the couch, and um, if you guys have never heard of, you ever heard of Coyote Peterson? Nope. You too? No? Oh, my God. No. Neither had I, but I, I'm walking <laughs> past the TV to go back to my room just to hang out for, you know, the morning, kind of get ready for the day, and um, my roommate has this guy on the TV who's wearing this, like, Indiana Jones-style hat, and he's, like, crying out in pain because he was just stung by a bee. I was like, what is this? He's like, it's Coyote Peterson. So I, I, sit, I sit down, and I kid you not, with you, this is on YouTube, obviously. So YouTube, on the TV, in the living room, I had to have sat there for three, four hours and watched Coyote Peterson get stung by every type of hornet, bee, wasp, ant, everything under the sun. Oh, this, this I definitely guy, have heard of this guy. This, this guy literally like, goes out into, the wil- out into the wild, into the jungle, and like, finds the most deadliest, like, most painful stings, stinging bees or wasps, Traps them, yep. intentionally gets stinged, <laughs> gets stung, and then like 
it just filmed his reaction. It's honestly not even that entertaining, but for Sounds some reason, <laughs> on that day, I was just like feeling so lazy. Uh, that seems like a perfect class. video to watch it with was your friends. Literally perfect. We sat there. It's like twenty minutes per episode. We had to watch at least seven or eight different stings. And Dude, I'm, oh. think, I'm thinking about MLK Day. Do you guys remember watching this video? They'd play in like elementary school and middle school. It's called Our Our Friend Martin. You'd watch it every single year. And I go back and I watch it. What is it? It's an hour. It's long? like an animated MLK like movie, but it's like I, I, I educational. Know, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember that. Like, not I, a, definitely remember I don't know that. if you know if they played anymore, but it's always stuck with me. And I always watch that every MLK day. What are other like school? Oh, I was I was a sucker for a good Bill Nye, probably number one. When you see that that TV being rolled in. Oh yeah, sub, Bill, substitute oh, teacher. Kids yeah. nowadays will never know, but the Bill yeah. Nye videos. I hope they still show those. I'm sure they do. They oh, have yeah, they yeah. have to still show Bill yeah, Nye. Yeah. Schools don't have the budget to be going buy more videos. No. Bill Nye's. Magic School Bus. You guys remember that? Yeah. Those yep. were classic. Miss Frizzle, right? Yep. And Casey, just a movie. And maybe like a Assembly Friday or something. The one that I always remember and I'll always like associate, this is terrible to say, but I will associate like this holiday with school so much, at least in our generation. Maybe it'll change over time and be less impactful, but 9-11, every single year, it would just be like, they throw on like that 102 minutes that changed America or whatever. Uh, every single year I watch that documentary in school and now whenever I see it on TV I think I feel of, like, like I never watched school. I never did anything for like 9-11 in really? school like, maybe like history class but that was it we always watched that full movie I don't know actually Jack, you know Jack you know what I, would, I, would, every, I, I feel I'm kind of on Kyle like I was always um, kind of surprised at the lack of like things that they did for maybe that day well, the, the one thing I do remember is that every single teacher would tell you their experience the, story, yeah. they, the first thing of every class yeah. they'd tell you like where they were Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, "Well, you guys are so young. You guys don't even remember this." And they're yeah. like, "Oh, they're like, oh, I'm so old." Yeah. Every single teacher would say that. We to were us. like infants when that happened. Yeah, we were so two. Crazy. This is a 20 year anniversary, right? This year. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years. That is crazy. But I always associate that day with school because I remember. Yeah, like I said, the teacher stories, the the movies. I felt. I always felt like it never bothered me. But I remember like, um, I remember one year. How old was I? But I don't know. Like the next day, we got a lecture because apparently some kids were extremely disturbed. And honestly, it is very disturbing. I feel like I was too young to be seeing some of the stuff I was seeing. But I don't know. Hey, I mean, honestly, like I hope it doesn't dwindle away in the schools. Like I hope they continue to recognize that it happened and like explain and like talk about it. Because now it's just more and more people who weren't alive during it, or like you know. Yeah, there's there's a reason they say never forget. Never forget. But at least, yeah. you know, that day, there's a reason to be showing movies and stuff. But I feel like, yeah, sometimes, like Kyle said, when there's just, a, like, a non-MLK day, non-historical, tragic day, like 9-11, like, a regular, like, a Friday or whatever, like, why, why do we watch, why did we watch movies in school? Because you think it's because the teachers are just lazy? Yeah, 100%. Or, like, we watched, like, Interstellar yeah, in astronomy class. Inter- well, that's, okay, but that's kind of interesting, though, I feel like. You're not learning anything. I mean. On what? Interstellar. Like Interstellar. We watched it in like astronomy class one time, which was like a, a very easy elective. Like we're not learning from watching this yeah. movie. That we're watching to watch the movie. You know the yeah, te- you know the like teacher's just throwing it, it cool, on. It's yeah, like, it makes sense you, that it's gonna be watched in that class, but it's not yeah. in no part educational. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But I mean at least you get to uh, it could possibly trigger an interest in you to where you look up but like why that, they're that's what, what I was they're doing. Say. It makes you intrigued yeah, like, a little okay, bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. And guess what? If I'm teaching astronomy, I'm one hundred percent playing Oh, same with me. I wanna watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And also I just feel like it's like a balance of you want the kids to 
remain interested. Like they're only going to yep. listen to you talk about stars for so long. You yes. got to give them some That's sort of very break. true. It was also like, like it was also like senior year, like second semester last week That's of school. True. <laughs> yeah. I was so tuned out. I, I was honestly an amazing student to the point of a fault. Like I regret checked out. studying so much. But senior year, yeah, second semester, <laughs> my God, <laughs> I was checked out. <laughs> I was so checked out. That's when the iPhone like games, like iMessage games, came out. Oh, talking yeah. about, I had to have played, I had to have had like 35, like people I barely even knew. I had to have had like 35 eight ball pool games going on at one time. That's all I did. My phone would be dead by like fourth hour. That's all I did all day, second semester, senior year. Yeah, I, not I would like attention. hold my phone like up to my eye to get a better angle oh, for yeah. the pool stick so I could like see where it was coming off of. That's how like intensive. And mm-hmm. it's like second hour. I'm oh, like doing under the desk that, that so game, I don't get in trouble. That game is fr- it's like facing Dirty Dan. You know what's coming? That game is right in front of you. It even shows where the ball is going. You miss a shot. Most frustrating thing ever. So frustrating. I swear to God. <laughs> there was other good iMessage games Inexcusable. too. Inexcusable. But yeah, I, I don't know. I would say, but I don't really regret t- tuning out too much to be honest. I mean, like I said, I, I grinded. My GPA was high. I had everything in wraps. I was focused on baseball and just like enjoying socializing a little bit. I mean, come on. You got to give yourself a break at some yeah. point like Kyle was saying. Or else you're just miserable. But right. I think I definitely deserve the checking out at the end of senior year. I feel like I didn't. Oh, I really can't because college, you can't really mess around. It's, yeah. It seems like. Sometimes you get oh, deferred no to a college, too, and then you got to keep trying. No, I was talking about, like, even, like, once you're in college. Like, oh, maybe I, you had a different experience than I did. But it's, we kind of talked about this earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, I would still recommend to people to keep up your grades all throughout college. Yeah, or college, all throughout high school. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, high school for sure. Like, yeah, I was already into college and everything like that. But in college, like, my friends were like, oh, you study too much. Like, come out, like, on a Thursday. Like, oh, come out and do this. But, like, well, look, I know, um, looking back, yes, I could have, like, checked out a little bit more. But you don't want to, like, take that risk. Like, you're spending a lot of money to be there. Like, you don't yeah, want to leave four years later and be like, oh, I didn't really try. My GPA was no good. I got a bad job coming out of college and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it was kind of miserable some days. But. I don't really regret staying focused. Also, if you're really driven and you want to go to an Ivy League school, I think Ivy League decision day is like March or April. It's like the mm-hmm. it's like the very end of the year or something like that. So I think like really prestigious schools, you really, I think they might do that to incentivize kids to try the entire year. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they do that, but I think theirs is really late. I would especially say if you're listening to this and you're really young, like you haven't gotten to high school yet, 100% just lock in freshman year. If you have a great cushion there, also junior then, year, then you can afford. Well, <laughs> I would no, say but I'm saying junior more than freshman. People who are not locked in freshman year, then they're playing catch up. Yeah, it gets miserable. Like you do not want yeah. to be playing from behind. You want to start that race in first place. Now we're we're three good students uh, here. I feel like we never did that. I feel like we were always on it from the beginning. We were for sure. Yeah. But. And another tip on that note that I would give is like part of locking in and maybe doing a little bit more work when maybe some of your friends aren't like. When I came into school, I had so many credits from AP classes mm-hmm. that it just like eliminated a lot of these yep. basic classes that I didn't that I wasn't going to be interested in or like didn't want to take uh-huh. coming into college and just like w- was able to propel me already like forward just coming in as a freshman. So that's another piece of advice. If like if you can handle the workload, I would definitely take as many AP classes as you possibly can. It'll save you a lot of money. And it's, yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's the other thing too. Is it saves you money on classes that like you might be required to take, but you aren't necessarily interested in. So it frees you up to like take other classes. Oh, I remember a horrible, horrible day. I'm gonna sound really probably entitled here, but not entitled. But maybe people will look down at me for this comment. But I don't care. Um, every kid's experience is different. This is just my experience. But I remember a, a nice disclaimer day. I had to give a disclaimer. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I know I'm 
I could have a much Classic worse situation. Disclaimer plug. But yep. anyway, for me, it, it sucked. But senior year, um, I was in two AP classes, I think, two or three. It may have even been three. It was a. It was two or three. Regardless, I think it was ninety-five bucks for AP test. Yeah, something crazy. So let's just. Let's yeah, just I think up. I was in three classes then because I remember how much money I had for mowing lawns. So anyway, I think it was like ninety-five bucks per test, which once again is extremely cheap compared to what your college courses are going to cost. So it's worth the money if you study and, and pass your AP tests. But so ninety-five bucks times three, that put me at like two hundred eighty-five dollars for my my tests, and they give you you know well in advance when that money's due. You can write a check, you can bring cash, whatever. You pay it to the school, and you're good to go. Well, I remember senior year, I like just was, I don't know, once again, I was checked out. I wasn't focused enough, wasn't writing things down, was forgetting things. And anyway, I was going to school one morning, and I was like, oh, my God, it's the last day I signed up for AP tests, and I don't have money. Uh, and I, so then I go home. My dad's already left work. My mom's gone for work. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? I was like, I either don't pay, I either don't take these tests, and lose out in this whole entire year of suffering from these AP classes, or I gotta try and scrounge some money up. So I had been cutting my neighbor's lawn, and I added, so I took out, I had money in my room, like hidden, the cash, it was all $20 bills for my neighbors. And once again, I never had a job in high school outside of like doing stuff like that around the neighborhood for money, like babysitting, cutting lawns. Um, my neighbor I did other various landscaping for, so I probably had around $400 to my name at this point. Cause I was playing baseball. That was my that was my work. If you, you know what I'm saying. And I got you. so I got the cash, and I I was like, okay, nice. I have enough. Here's 285. I bought like 300 bucks to school. Put it in an envelope, cash. Wrote my name on it. Turned it into the office. And I remember I didn't really think much much of it at the time, but my parents, being annoying, were like, they weren't even that mad. I don't, maybe I would have just asked again later. I would have got the money back. But they were like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, that you forgot and had to pay in cash, and I never got paid back that money. And I know for sure if I would have asked in advance, my mom would have just wrote me a check. And that <laughs> crushed my soul. That was, like, my, half, my net, half my net worth was gone out the window for <laughs> AP testing. And I only got credits for, like, one of those classes. Oh, <laughs> it no. sucked, man. Oh, no. So... There's an advice. Don't check out all the way. Be responsible. You end up wasting all your write things all down. Your, all your cheese dog money from mowing lawns. Keep all track summer. of dates. Put them in your notes app. That's oh, what man. I do. I literally had to turn around. I was True. driving to school. I had to turn around and come home and rifle through my stuff and find the cash. But that's definitely one thing I live and learn. Like writing stuff down. Like I never used to do that, and I was able to get by. But Every semester, like college, every semester of like, college, every semester of college, I had to write stuff down. I would, I would just put a notes up of exam dates and just have an entire list of like big projects yeah. or exams. I think it's key. I mean, we do have a lot of college listeners, and if you don't do that already, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah, probably recommend. Yeah, you you're that. a notes app guy, right? Oh, yeah. do you want to see my notes app? Uh, I've seen your notes app, but yeah, I, I use it notes too. for everything. I, I like doing the. You click on the little check with a circle around it, the checkbox, make a checklist. I do that like every day in college when I wake up, make a checklist and check them off as I go throughout the day. Here's some titles of some uh, my uh, notes: IG content ideas. Uh, key standings or key notes of MLW this year. The Meadows distances, because people always ask me about like distances, yep. like base pass and all that stuff. So I, I went to the Meadows and I measured it all out, put it in a notes app. Premier editing tips. Um, oh, jersey numbers and sizes, because I was getting new jerseys this spring, yep. so I had to list them all down. So it was really easy when I like put them in bottom. Um, just various lessons and motivational quotes that I love. I, oh, I, I keep them. About that last time. Yep. Um, that is true. I, I always see just various like, notes. I love I, it. I need to just start doing that either like in a notes app or in a journal. And I have like empty notebooks I could do this in. But I do see a lot of stuff or like or I read them somewhere or hear them in a video. 
and like I don't, like change my perspective at like oh that's such a cool like idea or thought but then like the, like if you don't write that down or like think about it often like you do forget all the things you pick up on so probably helped me out a lot actually I don't know what about do you use your notes app Jack or are you are you more physical guy writing pen to paper no I I make use of both I definitely uh, I definitely love the notes app big grocery list guy on the <laughs> oh notes yeah app. me too that's I would always do that um, at MSU. Yeah, I've like like written stuff down for guitar, like practicing that in the notes app, mm-hmm. or like lyrics or something, like mm-hmm. reminders, um, usernames, like everything. You know what really grinded my gears too recently was I I don't know why I had this assumption in my head, but I thought if you put something on your calendar on your iPhone, I thought the default was to give you a notification. Is that not the default setting? Nope. Probably, you have to uh, you have to tell it when you want it to remind you so you can do like I five s- minutes before like s- 10 minutes that's where you gotta like get alarms before. involved huh? i swear that they used to, i did this before for a very similar thing and i swear that it sent me a notification that morning a minute like today you have this so recently i think I got, it'll show up on like your main your main feed and you swipe left or whatever and it has like the big yeah but i never i'm never swiping left over there i'm not sure but I definitely don't like check my calendar, or my it's iPhone. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's unrelated. <laughs> um, anyway, I wanted to watch a show on Hulu, and I don't own Hulu, but you can get a free trial for like a month, and um, you can get like an, a version with ads, which is like I think it's like nine ninety nine a month, and you can get no ads, like full Hulu access for like nineteen ninety nine a month. But both month trials are free. So I'm like, why wouldn't I just get the no ad version and then just cancel the trial, and I'll be good to go. Well, I put it on my calendar like four days before it expired. This is like early October. And then I'm like, oh, I think that Hulu thing is about to expire pretty soon. I go into my calendar app, and it was like two weeks past. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I looked at my credit card statement, and it charged me for another <laughs> month. I was so mad. <laughs> things like that just irk you, man. Like, even if it's not a lot of money, it's still, like, annoying. Like, that's just money you didn't need to lose. You yeah. know what I mean? I find that with it's myself. So irk, like, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm subscribed to, like, The Athletic, like, the uh, the website or what. Yeah. I don't even know what they are. Yeah. It's, like, an athletic website. But, I mean, it's, like, three bucks every every month. I don't really read the magazine that much, mm-hmm. but I'll tune in, like, time and time again. But, it's yeah, probably money I don't need to be spending. But I just see the bill every month. I'm like, oh, there's four more bucks. Well, if you use it at all, I mean, it's probably worth it. Like, I guess $4. a little bit, but it's not, like, I don't use it crazily. But the one thing that also, similar thing, where it's such a small fee, but it drives me nuts, is... Planet Fitness, only $10 a month. Very cheap gym. I mean, it's not like an amazing gym or anything, but definitely good enough for what I'm doing. And um, I usually would just bring like a Kirkland water bottle with me. I'm not very environmentally friendly, I guess. I should work on that. But those literally, when you buy them in cases of 32 or whatever it is at Costco, cost like four cents per unit. They're basically free. They're so cheap, the cases of water, for one bottle of water, I mean, but when you get them in the case. And some nights I'll forget my water at Planet Fitness, so I'll have to buy water there because the fountains are off due to COVID reasons. And water bottles there are $2 for the cheapest water. It's like that's 20% yeah, of my monthly. Off. That's a blow tw- to the stomach. 20% of my monthly bill at the gym <laughs> just, got, <laughs> just was charged for just to drink some water in my workout. You do that twice a month. Now your, your, your monthly bill is now 14 instead of 10. It's like so irritating. But I hate, I hate, like for, I'm, I'm a. I don't think about little purchases as no, much. No, see, I do. I, I don't think I don't, about, I don't add those up. I'm just I, like, I this is just def- fake money. I definitely do. Like I, I'm a like a quality over You're quantity frugal. guy though. Like, I'm I'm like, frugal, but I don't think about the little ones like that. Like I'll spend a, like a good amount of money for like a, like a sweatshirt I want or a pair of shoes that I want. But like when it comes to that stuff, I really try not. I try to be careful because like that's what adds up, and that's where you, that's how you can be able to afford like nice things that you want is if you do that every day over and over again. Like 
if every time you were hungry you stopped for fast food instead of just like going home and making yourself a crappy lunch meat sandwich like I always do, like that's yeah. that that definitely adds up over time, one hundred percent. I think the biggest I think the biggest one for me, like a specific example of that is coffee. Oh like yeah, it's so easy to stop. Like especially I, out here, there's I there's roast a, my sister. A Dunkin' Donuts every ten feet, so yeah. it's like you're never not gonna pass a Dunkin' and to get a coffee that's like. Two dollars and fifty cents is so easy, but mm-hmm. you can save so much money a month, especially if you're like Tom. a big coffee drinker. Yeah, just Tom, by making it at home. Isn't that a Gary Vee thing? What? He's like pissed off at people that complain about their money and their standing in life when they buy a coffee every single oh, day. He'll like I roast people. Absolutely shred my sister <laughs> for the coffee, dude. You do the same thing? Yeah, I just destroy them because it's the dumbest thing. They drive to Starbucks, ten minutes away from the house. It's a thirty-minute round trip after they go through the drive-through, and they spend four dollars yeah. each on coffee. You do that twice a week. It's like you have no idea how much money. And then they wonder, like, like how do you have so much money? It's like cause I don't buy Starbucks. I don't go to fast food. Like I don't do stupid stuff like I'll, you guys. They buy clothes all the time. I'll take their side. What if it leads to a very productive day for them? You don't need coffee. I, I'm an wouldn't, I'm wouldn't an anti productive if you got up and made the coffee yourself though. Like that's already save money. One that's for sure. That you just achieved. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's time consuming. But so it's is like going to Starbucks. Yeah, you guys start playing the the time game here. Yeah, I mean, every every minute counts, and um, every dollar counts. I find myself finding the days being so short. So short. Well, they are obviously so short. Like today, 24 hours is too short of a day. Today is literally chalked. I couldn't even go to the gym. I wanted to go before. My only chance of me working out today was if I go before work, and because I, my sleep schedule was weird because I slept kind of during the day yesterday in the car ride home, and then I got home at like midnight, and I couldn't fall asleep, so I was fell asleep at like 2.30, woke up at 7 for work, because I work from home today, I didn't have to drive to the office, so I could sleep in a little bit. But anyway, then yeah, you do that till five forty-five dinner and then podcast. Like today was chalked. If I could touch yeah, into the chalk. stratosphere, I'd make this planet turn a little slower. Yeah, some days just a little longer. Some days so nice. Well, that's the thing though. Is some days though, when you're not like busy, you're not forcing yourself to do things. Like they can drag by. Yeah. But, like we're people that don't do that. Actually, if I thought if I was like seven, if it was seven years ago, I would not be saying that because I'd be in like high school and middle school. And I'd be wanting the days to fly by as I'm in school. But now that I'm doing this and I enjoy every day, I'm like, this is great. Why are they flying by? You know, you know what I asked my dad recently? Because I was just thinking about it because like my, we were waiting for my cousin or something to get out of school. But why on earth did high school start so early? It doesn't make any sense to me. I know. It's weird. Why, why, did kid, why do kids need to get out at 225? Pe- Our high school was it's 725 just, to 225. There's a lot of subjects they need to get. And there's, they need to leave time for extracurriculars. Yeah. That's why. And you need to, I think, leave some time for like uh, parents to maybe drop their kids off before they go to work. But the, how they, they, if they need transportation. They definitely can't pick up their kids because the kids are done like at their parents' lunch break almost. I yeah. mean, you're done. You're done so early. Like, I feel bad for the school districts that don't have public busing. Oh, that's a big issue right yeah, now in Michigan. Really I know it's a huge issue because no one wants to go back to work. I know so it they're, puts they're the parents really in a horrible spot. They're really. I was on the local news here in, in Michigan. I don't know if it's like a countrywide thing, but in Michigan, bus drivers they are really, really itching, or they're really, really itching is a bad word. Would you say that was a, that was a COVID effect? Like, well, that's kind of laying like off bus drivers like, now, trying to find no, no, get no one back. got really laid off, but like, I no, think, no one wants to work. No, anymore. no one wants to work. I think bad pay. So kind of the, the this is my theory and this is not political at all. This is just my stance on what I think happened is I don't think people could realize the amount of money they could make off of the government by doing nothing, like unemployment and stuff like that. Okay. So I think that now that they aren't working, I've seen the money they're making just sitting at home doing nothing, they don't feel like incentivized to go back and do their job that they used to do. That's my theory. It might not be true. That's just my little tiny knowledge on it. That's what I think. Is I usually view view like bus drivers as like people that like 
people that wanted to be there, they're just doing it for f- like on the side. They usually have another job, mm. but they're kind of. Some they of them might have two jobs. Like, I'm not sure. Some of them might have multiple jobs. Like they might be driving buses in the morning and afternoon. And, and that's then, also like, they also not, have a day job. Like they probably have to do something in the summer too. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know, Jack. What do you think? Do you have a theory on why no one wants to go back to work? I mean, I think it's exactly what you said. It's like people, it was kind of like a wake up for them. They were like, oh, I don't have to drive these little kids to school every day and I can make a little bit more money. Which, by the way, that's probably got to be a stressful job, taking care of hundreds of kids' lives in this big old bus. Exactly. I'm sure sure it's not very far. If it proved that you could make more money at home, why would you want to go back and do that? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a bus driver. So, and yeah, it's like the schools don't have the budget to try to do more. But yeah, I, I don't think a lot of Americans were aware of like what unemployment benefits were and that they could get them so easily. You know what I mean? But then when people actually needed them during the pandemic, they figured out how to get it. Now the pandemic, the state of the pandemic at least, has kind of changed nationwide. Don't want to get into that too much, but things are changing a little bit in terms of going back to work and things opening up. So people just aren't feeling the need to go back to work. So thing. why would I do that when I have this amount of X amount of dollars coming in from... This is quite a mature episode of Pipe It Up, isn't it, boys? And we do we do it all on the show. About employment, the government. Good insight. Hey, a little bit of the ALCS and a wiffle ball league in Southeast Michigan. No, you get it all and pipe it we up. Get, we get it all, and we we apply <laughs> to all audiences. I know people That's say I meet people and like I listen to the podcast. You say everyone's so young, but I'm in college and all this stuff. Like, no, this is this is a great conversation. I, I think I think we That's we had it. We had a dad um, at the the tournament this past weekend who was like rolling up to our fan fest, and mm-hmm. he said as he was rolling up, he was listening to pipe it up. Pipe it up. Ooh. It's for all ages. We're an all ages podcast. All ages podcast. What could I say? I wonder, do we have, I need to go in the demographic. Do we have any like 65 plusers that listen to this? I don't think they know what a podcast is, Tom. <laughs> uh, maybe. You never know. Some people are pretty hip, They're man. They're still on the radio. I did, a, I did a live radio show last week. Just talk about sports. It's pretty fun. That's so did sick. I. I was live actually. Radio show? I was on iHeartRadio. Was that live though or was that recorded? It was, it, was, it was recorded. Jack said he was live. That's sick. You were live, Jack? Well, well, it's like live, but it's like you know, you, like for like if lacrosse, you said something wrong, you could like cut the last like fifteen seconds or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, Wait for like with like like your lacrosse team, like you as a the, a player of your team, or yeah, one of my so two of my buddies just do like a weekly uh, on Wednesday nights like sports radio. There's a there's yep. literally like a like a boot like a broadcasting radio station on campus. So like part of it, it's like part half of it's like for the production classes and stuff like. They have all these like production facilities, but these kids literally just do it for fun. And one of the kids uh, had surgery on his knee, so he was like in bed and couldn't do it. And so my buddy asked me to like fill in for him. Dope. That's sick. How'd their, you do? The radio show is called The Practice Squad. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jack, what would you say is the main difference of being featured on the radio as opposed to doing this Pipe It Up podcast? Both similar, but I feel like they would have their differences. Um... Yeah, this uh, the radio was a little bit more, I would say, like free flowing because it was a kid. Like, I'm obviously pretty close with you guys now, mm-hmm. but I'm like pretty good friends with this kid, and it was literally just t- 
talking about sports like football like mm-hmm. it wasn't anything else so I, I feel like on this podcast I have to like honestly think about my answers mm-hmm. a little more when it comes to like stuff outside of wiffle ball whereas like on the radio it's like we were just talking about sports and I could talk about sports for hours so right. it was more of just like opinions that I already had formed in my head that I was just giving out. One of the things we talked about in the car ride home was if MLW was ever featured as celeb guest on Family Feud, what are the five that we're picking for that show? Who do we think oh, yeah. has, has good knowledge of a lot Ooh. of categories? We very, really, really good on the spot. And here was my five, Jack. I said, me, Tommy, Daniel, you, and Ryan Kelly. I think that's a very intelligent oh, five. Dynamite <laughs> we lineup. would win. I'm not even kidding. We should literally do this. You could do like Team Jeopardy. You could Family Feud. That's like our game show five if we're ever requested to be on a show like that. I know. It's hard because we talk. I'm interrupting this conversation, but for context, it's hard to like for us to like post vlogs or do stuff like that because it does it ruins the cadence, yeah. ruins the flow of MLW. But like I've been talking a lot how I should host like an NFL Sunday little MLW gathering at my place, something like that. And I think that'd be so fun to divide like Family Feud teams of NFL yeah, guys, yeah. Or, not, MLW teams for Family Feud. I think that'd be so fun. But yeah. Jack, who'd that be would your be five? awesome, dude. That sounds so <laughs> fun. Going on Team Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> who would be your five for Family Feud? Uh, honestly. I, I, I would put myself in there, but I love the team that Kyle just gave, so I don't know who I would take out. But I think if it, if it was, like, sports-related, I think Jimmy, like, oh, has yeah. a good you have uh, to. sports brain, too, you especially gotta baseball. Me. You got to cut me and take Jimmy on that, in that scenario. <laughs> but I, played, I said if it's, if it's sports, I would literally I'll, – I'll cut myself and put Jimmy on the roster for the good of the team. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but, no, we played – we – someone – one of our like mutual friends at Michigan State had like the like, family feud board game thing. Like, we we play that sometimes on weekends. It was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's dude, a good it's a game. Good time. It's a great game. Trivia is awesome. We need to let's what do you think it costs to book Steve Harvey? <laughs> Fifty grand, twenty grand? For like a YouTube appearance not that on a much. channel that has two hundred and eighty K subs? Yeah. <sighs> At least like five hundred K. Dude, Steve Harvey is a You think it costs f- yes. half a million dollars for to get him for a an hour 100%, of his time? 100%. <laughs> Dude, his net worth's got to be crazy. I'm not even kidding. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. I, I would have guessed between fifty and 100000 No way. Steve guess. Harvey's way bigger than you think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know he's I wouldn't huge. even know what to guess. They probably wouldn't even return my email, even if I came oh, with that would. offer. they wouldn't. But maybe he's got a booking agent. They just reply maybe. with the price. I don't, I don't know. Steve Harvey's a legend. He's a legend. We'd have to... We'll make it work. We need to, we need to have some... We need to hire someone to... To or just use an MLW guy to like be the Steve Harvey. Dude, we need a guy in the same realm. I think like Taylor Swift, which tr- she like charges for like wedding or birthday appearances, but it's like super high. But she's done them before. Yeah, people do that. Like rich people. Yeah, are are like booking these A list celebrities for mm-hmm. their like I don't know birthday party. Yeah, people. T- Here, you need a million dollars. Take a million dollars. This is crazy. It's just perspective though. I mean, if you have so much money, it's like you don't really you don't value it as much. Obviously, <laughs> it's like that was like me. Me losing that 280 for my AP tests, I mean, that probably hurts yeah. a lot more than them booking Taylor Swift for their daughter's Sweet 16. I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all relative. I don't know if, it's I all don't relative. Know, I don't know if they listened to this, but we actually got our first kind of related request this year. Somebody wanted us to show up to somebody's bar mitzvah this year. Oh, yeah. I it was a paid opportunity, but mm-hmm. I just, I didn't feel comfortable taking that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to take anybody's money. If it was like convenient, I would go show up. But like, we've sent like cameos before. Yeah. But like, Something like that. No, it's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. I, it's just something about somebody. I don't know. It, it just kind of rub, maybe in the future one day, but I just don't think right now it just felt right. I, I think it, I agree. It's kind of odd. 
somebody it's, paying to. I think it, it, just feel, it just feels right. like they're gonna they're gonna think because if I took that, they're gonna think that I'm only there for the it, money. Exactly, it feels disingenuine. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, which yeah. it wouldn't be the case, but just that element of like them thinking that would just kind of irritate me. Mm-hmm. I remember, ooh, I'm sure you know about this, Kyle, too. I think at least, but there was years ago, probably three or four years ago, when I was actually a respected player in this league. Um, either to my personal account or to the MLW account, I got a DM that was like. I want to say this is 20, probably 2018 would make the most sense. Um, and it was like, hey, Tommy, we started a wiffle ball league out in wherever it was. Let's, let's call it Indiana. And our Cy Young Awards can be called the Tommy Coughlin Award. And we would like, it was like, <laughs> they wanted, or they're like, is this okay? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's awesome kind of thing. And my mom, I told her that at like dinner, we were talking. She's like, you should fly out there and present the award. And I was like, it's <laughs> <laughs> not that easy, first of all. But what if they were like, well, Tommy, these, like, these 12-year-old kids are like, Tommy, we'll give you 50 bucks if you can get here and give the award out. But yeah, it just like at that point, even now, like if someone yeah. offers more money to come somewhere, yeah, it just feels like if you, even if you don't care about the money, you just went because you wanted to, it just because there was money offered, it's yeah. just, it's like, uh, this is weird. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would have rather, honestly, I'm not saying we're going to come see you. But that's not because we don't want to. It's because we just not enough time and resources to do that. But I'd rather just say, like, hey, my son's having bar mitzvah this weekend. Like, it, we would love it if you guys are there. Any chance to be in such and such area? Like The things that come together naturally. Those they, ones. But the organic sense. things. And I understand, like, obviously money might get someone's attention. But it's like, I don't know. It just feels very weird. That's just my opinion on it. But, all right. Let's transition into today's cue of the day. Cue of the day. All right, for today's cue of the day, it comes from Cybra Double Zero. That is C Y B R A Zero Zero on Instagram. And of course, if you'd like to submit a question of your own for cue of the day, please submit them in the DMs to at Pipe It Up MLW on Instagram. The question is Have you guys ever discussed making more tutorial videos, more specifically for hitting? I feel like you guys really dropped some gems of knowledge in that department. We've done the MLW pitching tutorial. And I'll be honest, we have discussed the possibility of doing another one because it did successful, and it's, I think our fans are always asking, how do you grip this pitch? How do you throw this pitch? But in terms of hitting, we've never had that idea, to be honest. We've never, I've never discussed that with you. I never really thought of that being something the fans would like to see. But Kyle, Jack, what do you think of doing a hitting tutorial for the fans? I think that would be a really good idea. I've never thought about that as well. I really love the ideas of like even mini videos, like mini tutorial videos, which I think TikTok could be a great place for this. Mm-hmm. Um, like... A one-minute video on slider tips or screwball tips, and then maybe one video, one-minute video with me, where I talk about like hitting a riser. How do I get ahead of a like a screwball or a slider or something like that? Like that. I think TikTok is a great place for that. I U- agree. YouTube is tough because we obviously end our season videos in like the late fall slash mm-hmm. like what last year was like December, and then before you know it, we have the one shining moment awards video, top ten plays, then all the tournament videos, and before you know it, it's the spring, and we got to focus on the 2022 season for this year, I guess. Mm-hmm. So on YouTube, it's really tough to get these these um, supplementary videos, like a, a pitching tutorial or a hitting tutorial. So what I would say to that is look for next year to do like little mini ones on TikTok, but I really, like, I, I really like that idea. Even potentially like, Later this year, I'd say. I, yeah, sure. Yeah. If we get inside and to like maybe Legacy Center, mm-hmm. if they want to have us to do that, I think it'd be sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's cool, and I like Kyle's idea for the TikTok thing. We talked about TikTok ideas before and how to utilize that platform properly. But um, yeah, I think it's cool that you asked this question, asked about the hitting, because like I said, everyone always asks about pitching, pitching, pitching. And I think guys that come to mind, I think would be like 
people who have been around for a while, like Kyle, Daniel, I think have both pretty good approaches at the plate. Um, I think talked about this weekend. People were asking about you know where's Nick Saylor? Why isn't he with you guys? Um, I think Nick Saylor has a great approach at the plate, and I think he would provide a cool insight as and he well. He was at baseball, by the way, for those that didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think that whole hitting tutorial thing could definitely be seen here within the next year, if not sooner. And um, look out, I guess, on TikTok. And if you guys don't follow us on TikTok already, please do so. It's uh, MLW underscore Wiffle. That's right. On TikTok. Give us a follow. Looking to really grow that page right now. We just kind of do like little highlight clips, but I'm all for pitching tutorials and hitting tutorials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jack, what's your, in, in a couple sentences, what's your number one hitting tip? Sneak peek right here. Oh, I was going to say, if the video does come out, I would definitely be watching it and probably won't be a part <laughs> of it because I don't really have many tips to give. I kind of just go out there and try to hit it. The one tip I would say, which was something. Oh, touchdown Metcalf. Let's me. go. I have a tip. You'd be surprised in wiffle ball by how many pitchers tip their pitches, whether that's showing the grip before they release it or having a completely different form when they throw a different pitch, like a drop versus a riser. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, I'd say like 70 to 80% of the time, I'll, I'll know what's coming. I'd say it's higher than that. Higher, yeah, so me. really pay attention to techniques of pitchers you're facing. I don't know how serious our fans take wiffle ball, mm-hmm. but if you're in like a league or something and you actually want to like perform well, study the other pitcher and then... I'd say go up with a plan. Jack does this. Jack, Jack knows what he wants to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say go up with a plan and then just beat the ball to the spot. I know that's like a that's weird Kyle's. thing. That's a weird thing I envision, but I that's what I say. Mm-hmm. Beat the ball to the spot right in front of the zone. Mm-hmm. And, and like kind of building off that one thing Tom told me earlier in my career and reminds me of often is just get your hands to the ball. Hands like to the think ball. Less about, think less about hitting it with the bat and more about just getting your hands there and then like turning your wrists over. Right. Mm-hmm. And that'll kind of lead you to make more contact. Right. Yeah. I think like Kyle said, I've talked about this before, but I'll say it again now for this question specifically, but like a guy like Daniel Schultz, I literally know exactly what he's throwing 100% of the time. And somehow a lot of us still struggle to hit the ball. Right. But um, yeah, so that's number one would be like the, the tipping pitches thing. Know what's coming. But even more so than that, um, on guys who are better at, dis- at disguising things or when we get into the more of the competitive environment, the unfamiliar environment when I don't know who I'm facing, um, I always, especially early in the count, you got to just hunt your pitch. Mm-hmm. Know what you're good at hitting. Know what you can hit hard and just look for it. And if it's not there, just don't even swing. You, could, you can take a strike, but when you put a bad swing on a ball that you maybe weren't looking for, you might A, swing and miss anyway. Or even worse, pop it up or ground ball that can just lead to you know your at bat's gone. So I don't know. Be confident and looking for your pitch, and when you see it, don't miss it. I like that. Um, when also. guys do when guys do really disguise their arm slots and stuff like that, a guy like Cheatham, mm-hmm. be ready for the fastest of their pitches and then react to the really slow stuff like yeah, super curve. You like can't baseball. You yeah, just like baseball. You can't go up there with like okay, I'm waiting on the super curve because if he throws you anything fast like a fastball or an overhand screwball, you're done. So just like basketball, you know, look for that fastball. If he throws a curve, just wait on it and sit back and react. Trust your instincts. That's why I tell all my guys. That's one, another one of my phrases. Trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. So there's a little instincts. tip to the the Love hitting it. tutorial video. I like this question a lot. Yeah, that's why. That's why yeah, I picked good it. Cue. I picked it. Great cue. Great cue. Better A. <laughs> oh, a, pheno- a <laughs> phenomenal A. a. Phenomenal. Just A's and Q's. Well. Uh, We've been, uh, I would say it's a pretty successful episode thus far, but I think before we close out, I just wanted to ask you guys about the weekend and uh, and what you guys are up to. 
I know we've been we've been yapping and yapping. I've been meaning to get to that. It's an it's an important topic, but I, I hate to I hate to break good organic conversation. But yeah, we were uh, we were at the United Whiffs National Championship Tournament. I think that is the right. the full title of it, and it's essentially a um, like I said, national tournament as in the title, and it's not like the one previously that I described with our national team. That's a league based tournament. So each team there is kind of just like a league's all star team. Whereas this one is kind of similar to an MLW-style tournament in a sense where it's just a roster of four or five guys that signs up and goes, but not so much like our tournaments because it's 48 feet, fast-pitched, best competition in the, in the nation type thing where guys travel from everywhere. Um, anyone who's involved in like the wiffle ball competitive scene is there, but it's just like not... It can be from any league. It can be guys from all over the country just like who met online, who can sign up together and like form a super team kind of thing. But we still travel with our MLW national team to this event. Um, what was your first impressions of this event, Kyle? My first impressions is that anybody that's involved with fast pitch whiff ball, all the best talent is at this one venue in this tournament. That's mm -hmm. what I thought was the coolest about it. Mm -hmm. any, any guy you thought of in, in the East Coast or Midwest whiff ball, even Texas, yep. all over this country, there is 44 of the best teams in America at this one stadium, People's Bank Park in York, Pennsylvania. And we performed very well. I don't know if we said it yet, but we finished top 16. Mm -hmm. We the finished with a record of 3-2. and two. The championship bracket we made. Championship team. bracket, which not nice. a lot of teams get to. We actually made it to the Sunday. Mm -hmm. And um, each of our guys had like notable stats. Like Each guy mm -hmm. had their own thing that they are proud of. And mm -hmm. it was just a really cool atmosphere. Like There was nine wiffle ball fields set up in this like minor league baseball stadium on the field they had the scoreboard on music was playing for the championship in the final four they had like walk-up songs for everybody it was just a really cool environment um something like i've, I've never seen before and I, I i i'm already really hyped about going next year i think it's really insane and plus the fact that we took over on friday to hold a fan fest for our fans um in partnership with uifs who was kind of doing like a home run derby on the other side of the field it was insane i think it's um, something that I, I really want to get into is more of like the event space and fan fest space, and that was a great introduction to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I said, it was People's Bank Park, so it was like a, um independent professional baseball leagues like stadium we were playing in. So kind of, if you've been to like a minor league baseball game or something similar to that, that's kind of the vibe it was, the atmosphere, you know, stadium seating around like the first base and third base side of the field. Outfield was just fence, but, um, you know, there was like, what was it, eight fields crammed onto this it was baseball nine field? Fields. Nine, nine fields. Nine pretty big fields. But, yeah, they did a really nice job setting up. You know, a lot of preparation went into this tournament, so um, it was cool. And it, it was sick, though. We we did our first ever fan Q&A, which I thought went really well. Oh, that was awesome. And our guys, our four guys that participated in it, like, I think handled it really well. Mm -hmm. We got some great questions from how we started the league, um, editing tips, mm -hmm. like really anything you can think of when it comes to what we do in MLW. And then we proceeded to bring all the... All the um, fans onto the field to do some activities we did like a home run derby we played little mini games um and this entire time you know we were signing autographs taking pictures everything mm -hmm. so it was just mm -hmm. a great time for everybody assuming you uh probably pitched kyle and since it's fast pitch mm -hmm. like is there just a night and day difference in how you felt after with throwing way harder. Well, first of all, bro, it's so fun pitching with a knifed ball and then hitting. You like with, it better? Hitting with a big bat. It's insane. It's awesome, dude. Like it, it's pretty much our ball on steroids. I'm not even kidding. Like the the movement, like our our motions and our grips are the same. It's just more movement on everything. It's sick. 
So and it's a it's a different bat though. It, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big bat. Guys are using like the big Nerf ones. Uh, there's called like loco bats. We were called we were using a what a bat, which is just like this big blue bat, pretty big barrel. It's about 34 inches long. But yes, my Too arm, big. my arm, and my entire side, my legs, they were sore. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I've been in these this kind of format before where it's like 48 feet, 48 feet pitching distance, um, no speed limit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't. Wasn't new to that being sore from wiffle ball because obviously in MLW I'm not really sore after pitching, but this I definitely was. I'm sure all the guys that pitched, including Norp and Cheatham, they were definitely sore as well. Yeah, like when we say sore, we mean like extremely sore. And I think <laughs> I've said this to guys I meet at these tournaments as well. You know, in our brief conversations we have, you know, I do like especially when I was, um, you know, in our pitching rotation, or I guess I was our ace a couple years ago when we did this. Um, I, I really enjoy it because it feels more like I'm pitching in baseball again, you know, because I'm throwing essentially as hard as I can. Um, the strike zone's a little bit bigger. Um, I can be consistent. I can do my full, like, pitching motion, that kind of thing, and try to command the game. And, like, even at the plate, too, it feels like more like a baseball at bat because you're farther away, stuff like that. But, unfortunately, with the nature of the game, and this is just my opinion. People will disagree with me. People, Some people will. But, in my opinion, and I think Kyle will probably agree with me, it's just... Really not a sustainable and healthy way to play the game. It's really not. You hear so many, so many, so many guys. I'm like, oh, you're like one of the best players in the nation, aren't you? Like, yeah, but I can't throw anymore. Like, the guys, some, and some guys, I'm not saying it to everybody. Some guys have been doing this for 10 years and they're still chucking the ball. But a lot of guys I know of can't pitch anymore just because their arm is literally <laughs> physically ruined. I, I, I went up to like multiple teams. I'm like, what yeah. happened? What happened to this guy? This guy? This guy? And then they're just like, yeah, they just can't do it anymore. They just kind of blew out their arm. Yeah, they're done. It's it's. I'm I like, mean, oh my god! You hear about yeah. base, so that, you know, and that, that makes me feel better about the way we play from yeah. like 38 feet with a speed limit. The, the, yeah, the, the speed limit thing is literally the move. And it's to be, such and, the move. And, and to be honest with you guys, I always had this. I think it's because I watched the video so long ago. But like when I saw this when I was a kid and I first saw this competitive, um, like Kyle said, knifed scuff ball format. I thought their movement was like so insane. But to be honest. They really don't move that much more. There's like a unique screwball. It's really not that much different. There's than what a we few see. guys that I that exceeded my expectations. But or at least th- met them. Like the, Wiffle Boy 28. But they're like, throwing from farther away too, though, than we are. You know what I mean? Yeah, they are. It's they like are. that ball has more time to move farther. Right, right. In terms of the movement, it's really like honestly not very different. Like I was surprised. I I expected to see stuff that was way crazier. Wiffle Boy screwball is insane. Steffi's screwball is probably he, the best. He's he's like an outlier there. But besides that, like what's it, his name? It's a lot of red. We face it's just yesterday. a lot of sliding risers, really like 90 plus though, which is the hardest thing yeah. to hit. You guys will see in the video when we post this. Mm-hmm. And when you pair that with a drop ball that's above your head and yeah. just drops down violently, mm-hmm. that's what that's what's really hard so to yeah. hit. Regardless of what I think of, like I'm like, oh, it feels like I'm pitching again for real. It's just, I mean, unless you don't want to play catch with your kid one day, you, you can, in my <laughs> opinion, you just can't you can't play the game like that. You got to do it like we do. Did you once see that or Twice a year, red. Like, yeah. What what about him? He just retired. Yeah, I saw that. Like he's, he's going out a champ. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got to be like probably upper twenties, lower thirties. Yeah, he's older. I think that's a perfect time to just retire from you, the game. You this call dude, it quits. Jack, this dude, he's like the captain of this this championship winning team the other day, yesterday, and he just he he signed off. I think he's done. He, he ended a national champion. What a way to hang up the cleats. I know he's like that's, Ray Lewis. That's the way to do that's it, man. Unreal. That's the way to do it. At least he's apparently he can still throw the ball because he threw it yesterday pretty well. But yeah, like his yeah. R- his riser and drop ball, like it felt like I was just facing an MLW guy throwing harder. The movement wasn't that crazy. I'm not saying he's he was extremely good at locating the ball. Yeah, <laughs> extremely good. I couldn't I couldn't touch him. I yeah. think we got like one hit off him. I would. They, I yeah. So for those two Ks, more context. We yeah we played the eventual champs yep, and they beat us. They crushed us and they went on to win the whole thing. Uh, they were undefeated the entire time and all four guys of their on their team just hit the crap out of the ball. Mm-hmm. I pitched against them and. Dude, they, uh, they did all the little things correct. They didn't mm-hmm. swing at any balls. They crushed everything I threw for a strike. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I tip my cap to them. I was throwing really good against them. Yeah, Kyle pitched amazing. I, I was featuring like a really deadly like screwball, like my sidearm, um, borderline submarine submarine screw paired with a riser and a drop ball, and they were just hitting everything. So. I got a, I got a win earlier in the day though, which I was really proud of myself for. Mm-hmm. But I finished one on one. Yeah, in every tournament. because we had to go. It's really hard to explain this format to you guys. I don't really want to get into it, but essentially, we had we had a pool so, play we, round. So, we sort of had a bypass of the first section of pool play into the, we qualified for the second spot of pool play. So we had to go at least two and one to make it to Sunday into the into the championship bracket. So and we lost our first game to a great team. So then, from there on out, it was only elimination games. Yeah, we got so through we by won, the skin of our teeth. We won three elimination games, which I was pretty proud of. Yeah, against backs n- up, no teams were backs bad. up against the wall. Yeah. this one game, Jimmy came in to get a to get a save, and it was six five, like nobody out. Yeah, we got like a double play. Oh, that was so. Oh, sick. Jack, there's double plays in this thing too, which is sick. You'll have to watch some of the videos. I'll send you the links, but you can like flip it to a spot in the field, like by second base, and then you throw it at the backstop for two. It, it's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we clutched up in that game, sent us to the Sunday. And then that Sunday morning, we got another dub, and then we eventually ran into the uh, the champs. Yeah, nothing nothing to hang our heads about at all. It was it was a fun fun weekend. Like I said, hard on the body, especially for the guys who pitched. I know Cheatham was like in pain <laughs> in the car ride home. That was partially his um, fault. He, not only oh, did he was. like start two games on that Saturday, he was like throwing a ton after Cheatham's that. Cheatham's like a five year old kid. And he's like, dude, I'm gonna pitching. be fine tomorrow. Yeah. I never get sore or something yeah, like that. I'm like, no, dude, was, just wait. That was his own fault. Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's a it's a cool way to play like like the way we do it once or twice a year maybe, yeah. but <laughs> I do Nothing not understand that. how guys go out there and do that every weekend. Some some of their competitive tournaments they play in. Yeah, everybody's asking me about what's going to change in MLW. What's it going to look like in the years? I can tell you right now, it's never going to be forty eight feet ever. It's just the speed limit's the move. I'm telling you, it's it's completely the move. Yeah, but sounds like it. But okay, we're actually going to try to get one of our roster members who has never been on the Pipe It Up podcast before on the show here, and Chris Cheatham. Let's see if we can get him dialed in right now. Hello? Oh, what's up, Chris? How we doing? What's going on, Tommy? Doing good, doing good. Just me and you, dog. We lost Kyle. We lost Jack. We got a little phone interview here, and I want to just talk to you about the uh, the weekend at Nationals. All right, sounds good, man. Um, so me and Kyle were talking about, you know, the pros and cons of the whole, like, knife, scuff, ball, 48 feet thing. So with your first experience in that environment, what was your first impressions there? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, you know, it, I think it was uh, Kyle said it best over the weekend. He said, you know, for this tournament format, uh, NWLA people are using balls they don't want to use, and then bats they don't want to use. For this, it was totally the opposite. You could use whatever you wanted in terms of the ball, and then obviously, you know, the bats. There was a lot of options for that as well. But for me, I had a lot of movement on my pitches. The forty-eight feet made it kind of tough. Uh, you know, it, it put a lot of strain on my arm. I, I know Norp was like the same way as well, and Kyle. But uh, I had a lot of movement on my pitches and stuff, and it was all about, you know, throwing strikes, which was difficult for for a little while for me, but I made it work. No, no, you settled in. You pitched really well, especially for your first time out there in that style. And it sounds like you kind of agree with Kyle and I. The consensus we kind of said was, like, it's a whole lot of fun to play from 48 feet and hit from that distance, um, like, you know, once or twice a year like we did this season. But it's just not really a sustainable way to play the game. <laughs> No, definitely not for us, especially going from 38 to 48. It's a, it doesn't sound like a crazy difference for, for you know, people that haven't done both. But uh, for us, you know, it doesn't really put a lot of strain on my arm pitching in the MLW from that distance. I could throw like 50 innings from there. But after seven innings this weekend, my arm is just totally shot right now. Yeah, I was going to say, how does it feel today? I know, you, I know you were absolutely smoked yesterday in the car ride home in pain, but how, is it even worse today, I'm assuming? Uh, I would say it's about the same. You know, it, it, it's... Uh, 
I, I would say my entire body isn't quite as sore, you know, from being in the car and stuff that that really stiffened me up a lot. But, uh, my arm is, is definitely more sore today. Even it, it's going to be God. days before I can really do anything with it. <laughs> I was, uh, I was guys, I was joking around with Chris, like at a rest stop. And of course, this is just a joke. Of course I always try and everything, but I was like, he's like, Oh, my arm is just so sore, man. He's like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. Like, it's so painful. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, my tip to you is, don't be so, don't be good at something you don't want to do anymore, because <laughs> I, I didn't have to pitch it all this weekend, so I was not feeling too sore. But um, I, I told Chris and everybody there, I was like, I I gotta give the competitive scene at least one more shot, man. I gotta get back into shape, get my chest healthy, and then give it another go. Right, I agree. We could we could definitely. I mean, if we would have somehow miraculously won that last game, we might have needed you on the mound because it sounded like oh, Kyle. I, I would have had to go. Yeah, for sure. But hey, you. You always seem to come up with a big home run for us. I mean, we don't. I, I don't think we win that game without your grandson. Really took a lot of pressure off me. Uh, and and you know, you're you're always known as Two Bomb Tom now. So <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't no, hit the second one this time though. Right. I know. Yeah. But you're. You're. I mean, you've been really the only one that's hit for any power for us, which it, it's super surprising. But it always comes in, in a big moment for us. And and that grand slam was was awesome, man. I was. I really took a lot of pressure off me on the mound. That's for sure. And I couldn't hit anything on Saturday. That was good. That was good. No, yeah. Um, you, but but to support you though, on Sunday you had some great at bats. So you you adjusted. Yeah, kind of adjusted. figured it out. Yeah, definitely kind of figured it out on uh, Sunday. Uh, the walk off bat. I know. I know you guys prefer the what a bat, but the walk off bat. I started. Mm-hmm. I started figuring out how to use it a little better. That I was kind of cutting down a little bit and not trying to crush the ball, and, and that really helped me get get on base at least with some hits. Yeah. Um. I think this would be a cool thing to talk about with our fans too right now, and I'm I'm sure I'm gonna misquote him, but. There's a um, you know a longtime popular competitive player in the scene. His name is uh, Devin Torres from the East Coast, and yep. we, he was talking about how like he was surprised with how good we did this weekend, and talking about like um, you know the keys that helped us, what hurt us, and I think what he broke down is like the keys to having like a team that can really have a shot at making a run was you got to have like two bats that are extremely solid. Like we're talking can hit a bomb at, at any moment in the game. Right. You got to have another bat that is. Um, and then you got to have at least one more behind that that's like a solid hitter, like right. an above average hitter, and then like another bat that's serviceable. And I think, to be honest, if we include Sailor on our roster, we're there. I think we're absolutely there in the hitting aspect of the game. Do you agree or disagree? I absolutely agree. I think if, if you add Sailor to a, a lineup that already, I think, had some success this weekend, I think we've become a scary lineup. I mean, you could see in the NWLA, we, we were, I think, I believe we were fourth in out of, out of all the teams there yep. in, in batting average. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly think that was uh, that was our major strength, and we had a little bit better pitching, I would say, at UWIFs that mm-hmm. kept us a little more competitive. Yep. But uh, Devin, Devin's a guy that I grew up watching uh, a ton of in the Palisades League. I, I it was almost like I know we had our own fan fest, but I was there was a couple guys there that I was so nervous to talk to, and I was almost like a fan myself. And he was one of them. I used to love watching him play in that league. So uh, coming from him, I, I, it definitely means a lot that he was impressed with how how we performed and stuff. Yeah, I, I really uh, I really appreciated what he said. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the ball in pitching, he said, like, we need, you need to have at least one guy who's just like a god, just throws absolute gas, can strike anybody out there. And then you need to have at least like two other guys who can just go out there and eat innings, give you very solid games, get you wins against decent teams. And then like if you can have those three guys plus maybe a fourth who can go out there and at least get the ball over the plate, you'll be okay. And I think we have – I'd consider – 
is not not abashed you at all. But I consider you an inning eater. I consider oh, Jimmy a guy who can maybe eat some innings, um, maybe get some closes. I consider myself a potential to be an inning eater. Uh, Kyle, I'd say he's like he probably pitched the best out of all of us, but I wouldn't say he's like a Definitely. god like some of the guys out there. So I think and Sailor has the potential to be maybe even better than Kyle because he throws really hard. Yeah. But I'd say that's the one thing we're missing is a guy who can absolutely just chuck. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think uh, me especially, I can go out there. I mean, my arm felt like it was going to fall off with the seven innings. I think we're having me for that seven innings and, mm-hmm. and also in NWLA as well, uh, I think was big. I, I kind of ran out of gas in both, but having North behind me to close maybe maybe could be a, a good uh, recipe for success if we come back to you with next year. But I think Sailor, honestly, the way he pitched at NWLA, I was extremely impressed with him. And I think he actually, with some practice with those knife balls, if he can develop, you know, a, a screwball or something, I think he could be that guy for us. And then obviously, you know, if, if your pecs are right, you, you might be able to provide some, some, you have some, you had a ton of movement this weekend, man. It's just mm-hmm. about finding the strikes so if you can get back to the full health, I think you could be important for that. And then Kyle, obviously, I mean, he he was unbelievable against uh, Mo Whiffs in the first game on Sunday. I mean, having him fresh for that was huge that we didn't mm-hmm. have to use him on Saturday. And mm-hmm. honestly, he he really delivered. I mean, he was the reason we – I mean, we hit the ball really well, but the reason we had that confidence at the place because I knew he wasn't giving up many, many runs on the mound. I thought he, he pitched extremely well and the best out of all of us, like you said, especially in that game. Yeah, he did a really good job. Um, one last question I will ask you is just like, I don't know, you played now for the Gators this year, you played for the our national team at both NWLA, you played here at the UFS tournament, you played in the MLW tournaments, um, what do you think was your, looking back at the 2021 season, what are you going to remember the most? Um, honestly, I'll probably remember these two tournament teams, NWLA and uh, UFS. I think we just, we had a ton of fun both times, I, I really enjoyed getting closer to you, Kyle sailor and jimmy all we had a ton of laughs both weekends and that was my favorite part of the tournament i mean i love playing with you guys but i feel like we have some of the most fun on anyone there i feel like i'm laughing the whole weekend and, and we, <laughs> there's a lot of memorable things so so both those tournaments especially are, are definitely what i'm going to remember from this year and honestly it's up there with with even winning the world series last year just just getting to hang out with you guys i i had a ton of fun especially this weekend i, I it was it was a ton of fun a pleasure playing with you guys hey nothing better with some good organic camaraderie with the fellas i mean absolutely can't argue with that but all right chris i won't hold you any longer thanks again for coming on the show and uh i hope your arm doesn't fall off yeah man i hope so too i appreciate it tommy take care all man. Right. and good luck to all 12 of chris's fantasy teams moving forward this year i wish <laughs> I, I was joking it, man <laughs> all right talk to you later chris all right. you too man bye see ya Oh, what an episode, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize it was a little bit longer, um, but you know what? I don't feel like I want to cut out too much. I feel like we had a lot of good content today, um, a lot of cool conversations, a lot of topics varying from different things, from wiffle ball to random stuff that Jack, Kyle, and I talked about. So, fun episode to record. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And um, episode 69 will be next week. We'll see you then. This was the Pipe It Up Podcast. Pipe it up, pipe it up, pipe it up. Pipe it up.